Welcome to the Lift Church podcast. We pray that this message encourages you and inspires you to live up to your God-given potential. Joe is great. I've known, I don't know if Joe actually knows this, but I know you from Bible college. When I went to Bible college in 2004, you were the youth yeah. alive director by then. We're getting old now. Yeah, going back yeah. a few years. When I had more hair as well. <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, uh, Joe, Joe's got extensive experience. He was uh, the youth alive director, which basically is a bit of a youth movement across um, WA and across the nation, uh, running events to help equip, train, help young people find life. I think that's um, how I would explain it. Maybe you have different words for it. Um, and and as, as well as that, he's, he's a dad, three kids, two, two boys and a girl. And as well as um, now a campus pastor at Center Point Church and a chaplain. How do you fit it all in? Uh, <laughs> good time management. <laughs> no, Probably um, better than mine. <laughs> I learned early on in, uh, in ministry uh, and in life in general, uh, good time management. And um, I know this sounds a bit crazy, but I actually uh, enjoy the admin side of things. So I think if you can manage the admin, you're actually going to be organised. Yeah. So I get teased in the uh, both in my school office and in the church office of that I'm too organised. And I'm always, <laughs> I said, but that's why I find the time to do all these things. It's because just just being organised. Yeah, especially supporting the dockers must be uh, a yeah. Very we don't really need to get into uh, that uh, <laughs> at this point. So, um, it's uh, yeah. Delby's on this afternoon. We've got two sides of the, the tail over here. Yeah. yeah, but we don't talk about the dockers in church. <laughs> this year anyway. This year. Maybe next year we Maybe. will. <laughs> uh, but this morning in particular, I wanted to pick your mind uh, around chaplaincy and being involved in youth. Um, because I think things have rapidly changed. Uh, technology has really um, made a cultural shift in our world. And um, how long have you been a chaplain for? Uh, so I, uh, when I finished up um, youth, doing Youth Alive, um, I was still working at, at, at my previous church um, and I had the opportunity to go full-time into church ministry, but something in my heart was just saying I wanted to do something still along the Christian sort of uh, uh, line, but something more secular where I can get out there and chaplaincy came along. So that was 2012 was my first right. chaplaincy job. Yeah. Uh, been in my current job at Southern River College since 2014. Mm. Yeah, fantastic. So what are some changes that you've observed in kids and also, I guess, um, I, from outsider perspective, schools also seem to have changed quite a lot, especially like year sevens are now part of high school. Um, so how, what, what are some of those changes? What does it look like in your opinion and your perspective? Yeah, um, there has been a lot of change. Um, uh, not just in, in my time as chaplaincy, but even, you know, I was a, a youth pastor for, for many years, even going on earlier earlier on. And, um, you know, there's a verse in the Bible that says, uh, without vision, people perish, um, depending on which version of the Bible um, you read. And I'm seeing that uh, with young people, uh, a big change that has occurred, even in the last, you know, as early as the last five years, is that there's a real lack of vision and, right. and, and, and purpose for their life. And uh, mm. not so much using the word perishes in there, that they're perishing, although some are, there's just that lack of direction. Mm. And um, schools trying to do it one way, parents sort of try, and there's a lot of young people, a lot of kids out there that um, just have no direction. One of the major things I talk to, to students about is they just got no direction for their life. Mm. Um, no one's given them direction, yeah. no one's helped them get direction, mm. and without that, yeah. uh, they just run wild. 
up. So, just, so what know. does that what does that sound like to you? If you've got that experience, but what does it sound like when a when a youth comes to you and says, "Do they literally say I've got no direction?" Or they probably wouldn't do that. Uh, probably maybe some of the older, say, yeah, ten, elevens, and twelves, when they start thinking life beyond school, but. Um, I mean, you take a year seven who, I mean, some of our year sevens can even be as young as 11, you know, turning 12, depending on when, when they were born. And so you have a chat to them and you, you, uh, I have a saying that I always say, young people act the way they do for a reason. Mm-hmm. Okay, I've yet, I'm yet to meet a horrible, nasty young person. I've met plenty that are acting horrible and nasty, right. but it's not who they are. You know, and teachers and sometimes, yeah. you know, I have a very huge respect for teachers, but sometimes they say things like, oh, I'm he's just a nasty one or that's just a horrible mm. and I'm not of that belief because they're the way mm. they are for a reason. So I would chat to a, a typical conversation would be you know, trying to figure out why they're acting the way they're acting, you know, why they're misbehaving in class, why they're violent, why they're... Um, uh, and many times it's they just have no direction for their life. Yeah. They, they don't know where they're going, they don't really know where they've come from, there's no, one at, there's no encouragement at home. Yeah. Um, they come to school and they can't grasp this, this thing of learning and the way mm. the school curriculum is and they mm. get told you've got to do this and you've got to do that and they don't want to and so there's no, no one that's actually sat them down and says, listen, let's find out what you're good at, let's find out what your passions right. are yeah. and then just put you in, a, in, a, in the right direction. Yeah, so maybe it's our educational methods are not necessarily shifting the way that our culture has shifted. Yeah. Is not helping our young people as much. Yeah, absolutely. Um, not, not that I'm against the, you know, the way we do education, because that's not my my expertise or my my area. But um, some of the programs that I run at the school um, will identify some of the students that are struggling, and we'll sort of do small groups, maybe seven students maximum, five to seven students, and um, I'll run different programs with them, and they're completely different. When I give my report on how they're behaving and how they're responding, the teachers can't believe is that the same student. That you know threw a chair at me last week. You know what I mean? Or is that the same <laughs> student that you know has been suspended so many times as one of the top three suspended students um, yeah. in the state? You know, wow. I mean, yeah, students get given those titles. It's ridiculous. Mm. Like you know, talk about naming them, and well, that's a different topic um, all <laughs> together. But you sort of get them in that small. Um, you know, I'll give. I'll share a quick a quick story. I, I run a, a program called Seasons for Growth. Seasons for Growth is um, helping kids deal with grief and transition, things like um, uh, parents that have maybe passed away or siblings or parents could be incarcerated or divorce and that. And uh, we, there was a time in week two, there was one boy who was just, he's known in the school, he's just, his teachers call him crazy and he's done, he's violent, police have escorted him off school grounds. And mm. I've had a, sort of a little bit of a connection with him and in, the, in that second week of the program, they had to share a story um, on what's been the toughest day of your life. And so I'm there and listening and there, here's this, Year seven boy who begins to tell tell us of the day that he got home from school uh, and found his dad in the bedroom. He would just ended his own life, committed oh, wow. suicide. And I'm trying to keep it together, and I'm like, you know, I don't want to, because I was getting emotional at the time. And walking away from that session, thinking, you know what, this kid has got this label put on him, but mm. who's actually bothered to actually go a little bit deeper as to why he's acting mm. um, the way he does. And now, going 12 months later. Um, you know, whenever I'm into the school, this boy just straight away comes up. He's actually a changed kid in that mm. we've been able to put some things in place to help this kid deal with his grief because mm. um, a, a 12-year-old boy um, shouldn't have to go through that stuff alone. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah wow. Um, so, with that, what do you think is, um, from your perspective, what, what can we expect schools to do and maybe in that way, what do we need to be doing well in our homes for, yeah. for kids? Well, one of the... 
one of the biggest struggles, I believe, is that uh, parents or guardians, whoever it is, they'll drop their kids off and they'll expect, they'll say to the school, don't just educate my, my kid, but you've also got to teach them manners, you've also got to teach them responsibilities in life, you've got to teach them all this stuff that schools aren't meant to teach. They're already meant to be taught those from when they're very little. Mm. But many of them come to school, whether it's primary school or even high school, and they haven't been taught just the basic you know, things in life, um, the basics of, of, of respect. And, and, and so the school struggles where there's no curriculum for that. You know, there's no subject called manners. <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's, there's punishment for not showing manners, yeah. but there's no subject called, you know, how to actually get along and how to respect people's differences and how to, yeah. you know, I mean, there's none of that stuff at school. And so um, I, I went to a, a breakfast club um, morning tea that was put on, uh, by uh, by the minister, by the education minister, and uh, um, she was saying, you know, for the first time in history, and this was encouraging for me to hear, in the past we've had education up here and pastoral care down here. Mm. He goes, for the first time in, in history we now have um, education here and pastoral care equal, right. and in the coming years it'll be education will still be here, but pastoral care will be even higher in our priority list because wow. we're realising that we're asking these kids to come to this place and learn with a thousand other kids and we're putting them in these classrooms and they've got trauma, they've got horrific backgrounds, they've got stuff. And for the first, we actually got to help them and we're realising that. And so we're going to start mm. putting funding for chaplains, and for chaplains in schools and yeah. for youth workers in school. Yeah. And I'm, you know, giving little silent fist pumps in the, in the back <laughs> row going, about time that we've realised that, yeah. you know, it's not about, don't get me wrong, maths and humanities, all that stuff's important. I didn't think so when I was at school, <laughs> um, you know. Uh, I find it hard because I'll say to a student, so what's your worst subject? They go, maths. And I, I try to be encouraging, but I find myself saying, yeah, I hated maths. Maths is the worst subject. And I have my son here, so I've got to be careful what I say. But it's like, you know, I used to, you know, oh, yeah, what's, what's your favourite subject? Sport. Oh, I used to love sport. I was like... So yeah, you can relate with them on different, but you try and be, but you still need to learn maths and stop being naughty and stop mucking around in, in class because maths, we need maths for our life. I'm not sure where, but we do need maths. So, <laughs> to make Excel documents. Yes, and Excel documents that put us to sleep, they cure insomnia. So, yeah. Um, so, so with that, um, I, I'm thinking that communication has changed uh, for young people quite a lot, you know, there's, there's always talk about new words that have been created uh, by young people. Yeah. Um, how, how do we keep up with that? What are, what are some, I guess, basic principles around communication uh, with maybe especially young people, but I think it just goes generally. Yeah, um, communication does change, uh, has changed. Um, I mean, social media is huge. Um, at the school I work with, um, every teacher, every staff member has to document any conflict that happens and put it on, end of the year they compile statistics as far as where the conflict mm. came. Uh, last year, 79% um, of the conflicts between girls, conflict, what caused the conflict with girls in our school was Facebook, it was Facebook related. So they come to school and this big thing blows up and they're oh, last night on Facebook she said this and they're communicating at school they communicate through, they're not meant to have their phones out during class, but they can have them at school. People are communicating mm. through social media, organising this to happen after school and it's all, so communication has changed as far as, so mm. the schools are aware of that. So, um, you know, again, you can't, the education department puts social media policies in place and you can do all that sort of stuff, but, you know, and you, you get punished for doing this, you get punished for doing, but I reckon it's, it's important for us to know what they're, how they're communicating. 
um, you know, some of the stuff out there that's now available um, is, is huge. Yeah. You know, kids, uh, they, can, they can actually, uh, on their phone, they can have um, apps so parents can go through their kid's phone and go, oh, there's nothing on here that, that's dodgy. But there's a way to actually, there's apps that you can get to actually hide other apps that are in your phone so that, you know, and, we, and um, so when it comes to communicating, uh, social media is huge. As far as words, and I'm always finding myself, uh, you know, I work in a high school and um, when I see kids' date of birth, year seven's date of birth is like 2005. I'm thinking, when, wasn't that yesterday? Right, <laughs> you know. What do you mean, sir? Where are you? When were you born, Joe? I said, guess. And they go, oh, I don't know, the 50s? <laughs> you know, it's like, you know, did you used to have cars when you were little? Oh. You know, how did you live without the internet? Like, surely they can't comprehend. And so every time there's new language and new words, and, and some of it's not appropriate, you know, but some of it, it's just the way they communicate. Um, and so when I hear, uh, you know, for example, I do a lot with anger, boys that are angry, girls as well, but more the boys that are angry. So they're trying to communicate and, uh, you know, I always say, you know, anger is no normally the result of um, things like uh, fear, guilt and sadness. They're probably the three major causes of, of anger that I've seen in boys. And when you get, so you've got to be able to communicate with them. So why are you angry? And if they're angry and the teacher's angry, it doesn't going to get nowhere. So yeah, I don't try and help communicate with an angry boy while he's angry. But what I do do, I'll go down to the gym at the school and there's a punching bag. And I'll say to them, you go, go for it, punch the bag. It's not gonna, you won't get in trouble for hitting that bag, but you're going to get suspended for hitting that teacher. Okay? Um, or, we, or we grab the basketball and we'll shoot some baskets or we'll kick a footy or we'll kick a yeah. soccer ball. And then when they calm down, it's important to communicate, okay, so let's press for a wine while you're angry. We, we, we had one of the quiet boys in the school who was known, uh, wasn't known for anything bad, had a good reputation, smart boy, um, threw a chair at a teacher. And I'm thinking, oh, oh, I went to school the day after and I wasn't there the day before because I was so-and-so suspended. Oh, that's strange. I wonder why. Yeah. Oh, no, he just came angry and he was throwing, you know, they had to sort of put the school into lockdown because he was roaming. So when he came back from suspension, caught up with him and, you know, make a long story short, his dad's parole hearing had been knocked back. About parole, so dad wasn't coming out of prison and he had just found that out because he lives with his grandmother. So when I rang up the grandmother to find out, she told me, he goes, ah, that's why he's angry. So I pulled him aside and had a chat about that. Um, and then be able to put some things in place to communicate. So teenage boys are hard to communicate with at the best of times, let alone when they're angry, yeah. and girls are even worse. Um, <laughs> just some of the crazy stuff. Um, and one of the, just on lastly on communication, uh, do whatever you can to make the, the atmosphere lighthearted. I'm always joking around, I'm always stirring, obviously within boundaries and I don't cross any lines, but I'm always trying to keep it fun always trying to make jokes and always trying to, sometimes my their dad jokes and the kids don't laugh because I'm over 40 and I'm a fossil to them. But, um, you know, some of, the, some of the boys that are now in year 10 and 11 and I've known since year 8, you know, yeah. there's ongoing jokes there, whether it's about my football team, whether it's about anything, whether it's about you know, their latest hairstyle. Some of the boys, I make fun of their hair, you know, and they say, well, at least we got hair and they get back at me because I don't have much hair and stuff like that. But what you're doing, you're actually putting deposits during the good times and then when you hear a so-and-so's just smashed a window in LA 17, mm. can someone go up there? I can then go and make a withdrawal yeah, because yeah. I've put stuff. It's not just, Very I'm a professional, cool. you know. And as a chaplain, yeah. from when I started, I said, don't call me Mr. or Sir, call me Joe. I wanted want it to be separate from the teachers because they see you as an adult walking around the school and naturally think, new teacher, I can't do what, I better be careful what I do. And I say to them, I'm not going to turn a blind eye to bad behaviour, but I'm not here to punish you. Yeah. So when the chaplain knocks on the door and says, can I see you, you're not in trouble. 
normally when you knock on the door, can I see little Johnny? Everyone goes, ooh, like, what's he done? Now they know, okay, we're just going to go for a chat. Yeah, yeah. So I'm hearing a couple of really cool things. I think it's being in tune with the emotion of the moment and understanding that you might not always get great communication with heightened emotion. And um, I'm also hearing that um, relationships take time to build. And, um, and maybe like what Amanda was bringing up, that we, we think that things should just, just be like that nowadays, that we can make those uh, withdrawals without thinking about deposits. There's, titles are just that, they're just titles. So you can go in, you can be, you can have, you know, a badge on your office door that's got 50 words on it because of your qualifications and your young people do not care about titles. Okay, um, you know, and one of the things I speak to a lot of the students about is, you know, um, about respect and respect is earned. But there's also certain respect that's got to be given because of a title. You know, you've got no choice but to respect the police officer. Yeah. Just you know, just because you don't know him, it doesn't mean you don't respect him. He's actually got the. So there's different types of. When it comes to relationship, you know, they don't. Some of them don't even know that I'm a chaplain. They don't know what a chaplain is. So what's a chaplain? I don't go. I'm the chaplain. You know, here's my badge. I don't even wear my badge anymore. You know what I mean? It's just. Yeah. Um, you know, it doesn't matter what my title is, but, you know, he's the one that, you know, has had time for me when I've been right. down. He's the one. So it's about yeah. that, um, putting the stuff in. And it's like, even with our own, you know, in your own families and that, you know, if all you ever did was, you know, um, corrected your kids or all that sort of stuff and never actually did anything else, when eventually it doesn't yeah. matter because your dad, there's going to be no respect there. Absolutely. You know, it doesn't come just with a title. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's really cool. Just switching a little bit to um, to your family in particular, because it's, you've got twins, which yes, I don't so know one of the yeah. other people. I've got Dominic and Isaac, who are 14-year-old twins, mm. and I have Emily, who is seven, going on 21. <laughs> fun, so, fun. Yeah, a lot of fun. <laughs> the, um, the eyes have started rolling. And it's like, where are those? When did that, when did that start? She's sort of like, no, clean your room, and she just rolled her eyes. It's like she's seven. But don't you roll your eyes at me? <laughs> But they're early with the girl, a lot early, yeah. a lot earlier, yeah. Yeah. Um, I guess there's a, there's a really, uh, when we caught up, um, it was really interesting hearing that twins have actually taught you a lot about communicating with people, um, it's because you kind of almost sometimes assume they're the same age, same birthday, so they're the same, but they're really not, and your boys are completely different from what you told me. You just, uh, yeah, just bring us into that world a little bit. Yeah, when, obviously when they're little, you know, they... You dress them the same. They you put the same food in front of them. They, you know, they sit in the back seat. They play with the same toys. But obviously, as they've gotten older, they've they've got different, very different characters, um, different likes and dis, uh, uh, likes and dislikes. Isaac here, uh, he's more into sport. So I I'm a sport tragic. I love my sport. So you know, he'll from a young age he came to the Frio matches. I know he's had to have counselling over some of those. Matches that, that he came Muggins. with, and I regret now making him a Frio support. I should have released him younger. But uh, whereas, whereas my other boy Dominic, he'll fall asleep watching us. He hates sport. He likes the end result. He, his, his idea of following sport is who won. You know, three days after the match. Oh yeah, who won? Whereas, you know, so there's, so you got to find ways. Whereas he loves. Um, uh, strange enough, there's a thing called the Eurovision Song Contest. He's so passionate. He can tell you every winner since it's, since it started in the 50s. Every year. What song it was, and what, isn't it true? He'll watch YouTube videos of you know, a black and white YouTube of a French lady singing. So what is that? That's Eurovision 1958 or something. It's like, 
cool. You know what I mean? Like he, it was in in May. Eurovision was in May. He was up at 3 a.m. on a school morning to watch the semi-final and then watch the finals. And uh, you know, we they Isaac got up with him to watch the final, which was a Saturday night, and it finished at about 7 a.m., which meant we had to go leave to set up because we're a set up packed down church in Byford, and they hadn't had any sleep. So they said, I don't care. You're not staying home from church. Eurovision was on. That's a pathetic excuse. And so. Um, so they, they're, they're, they're different, even the way they communicate. And so you've got to respect that difference and sort of do things. Um, yeah, that, yeah, Dominic, I'm not going to say to Dominic, hey, do you want to come to the footy? He'll be like, oh, I choke and go to the footy again. Like, Emily cries if we say she's coming to the footy. Like, so what's wrong with you kids? Like, where did we go wrong? No. Um, uh, so it's more identifying what, and also the characters are probably the bigger than it, likes and dislikes, just knowing how they learn, how they, um, uh, yeah, even things like uh, at school, so school results, when the grades come in, when the reports come in, um, we don't compare, we don't say you need to be like him or you need to be like him, we look at where they're at and we encourage what might be a great effort for one might not be a great effort for the other. So we're not, we're not asking you to get perfect scores, we're actually just asking you to do your best and we will celebrate. So a 51% pass, we will celebrate uh, just as much as a 95% as long as we know that you've done your best. So we've got to try the, the challenge with the twins and if anyone here um, wants twins, I can pray for you later. Um, or has twins, you've got to be very, very careful. Not just with twins, but any of your kids. The whole comparison thing. Um, uh, we've got to be very careful. We, don't, we do our best to not try. And, so we never say you need to be like him. But why are you more like him? Um, they all have their strengths and they all have their, their weaknesses. Fantastic. Our time is up. And um, I wish we could have more time overall today. But um, I'd like you to stick around a little bit if you want to have chats. Especially if you want to learn a bit more about chaplaincy. You decided that there's... Um, Actually, a really god thing. In the past, the other way around, there was many chaplains but no schools. Now, now there's many schools. Um, so, uh, yeah, yeah. God puts on your heart. It is very, very rewarding. And yeah, yeah. Chaplains play such a massive role in our schooling system. I know that when I went through school, I didn't have a great chaplain, and that really squashed the initiative in me. I wanted to start up a Bible club in my chaplain was like, um, that's going to be a lot of work. that actually take the time to, to support, encourage and build up our next, next generation. It's so important. So please make sure that you have a chat with um, Joe, Joe if you, you want to learn more about chat. Do you anything else that he's spoken about today? What do we thank him this morning? Thank you for tuning in today. If you would like to find out more about Lyft, check out our website at theliftchurch.com.au.